For it is by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God. Ephesians 2.8 Welcome to Grace Bond Ministries. Hey everybody, welcome to Grace Bond Ministries. Uh, uh, I've got a lot of guests with me today. Um, <laughs> we've got a pile of them. Let me get it where you can see them here. So here's the pile of guests we've got today. Um, we're going to have them introduce themselves here in just a second. Um, but we're going we're gonna to be talking about uh, kind of the theology of worship and, and some of the things that go into worship and, and uh, some controversial subjects. And, uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, we're here with uh, three guys that actually participate in worship in some way, shape, or form, uh, and me. <laughs> so I, I'm here. Uh, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. And uh, <clears throat> uh, so we're going we're gonna to talk about all this stuff. It, it's going to be great. We're going to talk about Old Testament texts that talk about worship. We're going to talk about New Testament texts that talk about worship. Um, and you're going to hear from four uh, people who I think are, are very mature Christians and, uh, and that uh, have a lot, of, uh, a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience with uh, a, lot of this, a lot of these different things. So, um, so let me go ahead and introduce my guests. Of course, you've always, we've always got the Christian Walton. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, Christian been doing podcasts for a while. So if, you, uh, if you're, this is your first podcast that you're listening to, uh, please go check out the other ones. Maybe something in there that uh, uh, that you may find interesting. So uh, we've got some more interesting ones in the future that, that are in the works. So, uh, all right. So let's go ahead and uh, introduce our two guests here. Uh, uh, John Ellen, why don't you go ahead and start and then uh, pass it off to Cody. Yes, sir. Hey, guys. I'm John Eldon Bozor. I know that's a mouthful to say, but you can just call me JB. I go by JB, so that's better. Or... Frozone, like Christians call me. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I'm originally from Haiti, from Port-au-Prince, Haiti, but now I've been in the United States for five years now. Uh, just graduated uh, college from worship leading uh, and then got married and have a beautiful wife and a beautiful kid. So he's going to be three months old. So we're just excited. And I currently lead uh, worship at Reserve Baptist Church, and we're excited what God's doing in our life. So we're just blessed to be here with y'all. Awesome. And I'm Cody Walton, uh, Christian's brother. Uh, I graduated from Liberty University in 2018 with a degree in biblical studies, and I'm currently a youth pastor and worship leader at Grace Community Church, and I also do some side worship stuff. Um, I'm still single, not married, uh, still live at home, but, you know, making life moves and uh, just having a good time doing it, having a good time serving the Lord, so I'm happy to be here. All right. Um <clears throat> So, uh, Christian, if you wouldn't mind, would you open us up in prayer before we get started? <clears throat> Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the stay. Thank you for all your many blessings. Thank you for this group of guys who are in serving you and that we can get together and we can just go through this. Let it be a profitable time. Let us be able to discuss this theology of worship and see your word in it and how important it is for each and every one of us and for each of our churches as we go forth. So we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So we're going to jump in here. We're going to mm. so we're going to start with uh, the biblical text on on the subject, and uh, <clears throat> so we're we're actually starting with Old Testament passages that talk about uh, worship. Uh, just a couple of them. Now, the Old Testament is is full is absolutely full of passages, um, and and all the Psalms <laughs> they were actually songs that the people would sing. <clears throat> and I'm sure they, you know, they probably make a lot more sense in Hebrew than they do in English, but, <laughs> and you're singing them, but, uh, but even I've known plenty of people that even sing the Psalms. So uh, Christian's going to walk us through a couple of those texts and uh, everybody's just kind of 
uh, jump in or something. If you have any comments or anything you want to add or anything as we go, uh, y'all jump in. But I'll go ahead and pass it over to you, Christian. All right. So with the Old Testament, there's always fun stories. And uh, a lot of times in worship, their form of worship was through sacrifice. And it was a lot different than now because of the blood of Christ. We don't have to do those sacrifices. And so those were mentioned a lot in the Psalms. And a lot of this, a lot of these passages, the couple that I've got are from King David. And I put this one first. Now that I think about it, you know, it might be a little hard. But we're going to go through it. And it's one of the times David is just bringing the ark back to Jerusalem. from It had been taken away by their enemies, and he is bringing it back to Jerusalem. And so in 2 Samuel chapter 6, it says in verse 14, he's bringing it back. They're on the way. And it says, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. And it says, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts and distributed among all the people, the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women and cake, a bird of bread, a portion of meat and a cake of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed each to his house. And David returned to bless his household. But Michael, the daughter of Saul, his wife, came out to meet David and said, how the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, female servants, as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as a prince over Israel, the people of the Lord. And I will celebrate before the Lord. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this and i will be abased in your eyes but by the female servants of whom you have spoken by them i shall be held in honor and michael the daughter of saul had no child to the day of her death so it gets pretty dicey linen ephod he was pretty much running around jerusalem praising the lord and his underwear and so that's why his wife was like why would you do this why would you go before him and so for us, I mean, I don't think you see that often. People, some Pentecostal churches can go, people are running around, but I don't think you've really seen them run around in their underwear. There's a, there's a, there's some nudist colonies near me, <laughs> but I don't, uh, uh, they're like a Unitarian, what do they call Universalist Unitarians. Yeah. There's a, Everybody's there's a universal there. Unitarian col nudist colony somewhere, somewhere. In mid Florida, <laughs> mid Florida, wow! Yeah. Another home. Is it because of the heat? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, yeah, but he says I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased. And I guess due to the reaction that Michael never had a child after this, she was in the wrong for telling David how to worship. And I think that goes to show what we have today. Many people worship differently. If you're at a Baptist church, a raised hand is a rare commodity. I mean, at our church, 
Huh? <laughs> They're basically David's wife, Baptist churches. That's how I yeah. Oh, yeah. If you raise your hand, somebody, Michael may come after you. But we've got, like, one guy in my church, he came from that background, so he raises his hands, and that's how he worships. Mm -hmm. now, I mean, I think there are some things that you could say, like, I don't think that's really a form of worship, but yeah. some people raise their hands. Some people sing, some people stand there. And like one of our cousins, I don't think ever sang a word, but I truly think he was actually worshiping inside of him. He just never sang it out. Before we could like talk about like the different style of worship or different ways to worship, you know, I just, it it's, would be good to say, what is worship in itself? Okay. You know, yeah. the definition of it, you know, like what did God create a worship for? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I think nowadays we just take the word worship and make it fit our style, like our commodity, which that's not what create God created it for. You know, and then that's why I think we missed, the, we missed the mark of it. It was, oh, we're going to worship. And I'm like, no, you're going to try to make it as comfortable as it is for you. You know what I'm saying? Because God said you need to worship, you know, with everything that is in in you like you know psalm 150 that's one thing they're preaching in search uh this summer is like you know everything that have we have to praise the lord praise him with everything you know what i'm saying and i think you know i've been talking to some of my uh church members and they talk about worship what does that mean worship what worship means for them you know and they said oh our parents told us you know worship is you have to be in reverence you know i don't have to be quiet in church it's like y'all probably were so loud in church and they told y'all to be quiet you know, for, yeah. you know, respect, but like when it's time to worship, you can worship and sing loud and clap your hands and jump, you know, do whatever you want to do to, to worship, you know, but some people just miss the mark of what worship is. And I think to me coming from another culture, it's kind of, it's kind of different because I've seen both sides of it. And actually sometimes I get irritated at people here worship, you know, and it kind of makes sense because, you know, a lot of time we worship like David was worshiping because the ark was coming back. You know, he was thankful because he was thankful that the presence of God is coming back to the land. You know what I'm saying? That's that's huge. You know what I'm saying? Other people like you cannot hurt somebody who's been cured from cancer from raising their hand. You know what I'm saying? Somebody who was dealing with some type of deep stuff, you know, they know what, you know, enslaved with, you know, all kinds of stuff. When these people are worshiping, you cannot stop them. You know, and then here in America, I'm not throwing any shades. It's like, you know, you grow up with having everything. It's just like it's always been there. You do not know, you know, what not having feels like. You know what I'm saying? Having to solely depend on God feels like, you know, you have to pray and just say, God, I, I just pray that something comes in because you have no clue what it's, you know, coming from. And I think that's why a lot of people don't, will never understand it until you go to another country and see how the people, you know, and the heat, they don't care. They, they are going to worship from the time they go. And then they have the pastor say, amen, you can go home. You know, there's going to be no coughing, no looking at the watches. They're just here. This day is for God. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's different. It's like you worship based on what God has done for you. You know, because you, you're going to just pour out out of Thanksgiving and everything like that, too. Even if you ask him for something, you're going to pray different. You know, Aunt Hannah, when he was asking for the son, for Samuel, she was praying differently. You know, she was sobbing and trying to you know, speak. And even the prophet's like, hey, are you drunk? You know what I'm saying? Said, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm just worshiping. You know what I'm saying? He's like, in different situation, 
you're gonna you're gonna worship differently. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you know you have to, you know, think of what God has done for you first before you know have this mindset of worshiping. So it could make sense. Probably people in church Baptist churches are just like, all right, we've had everything, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to um, I'd like to come back to that here in just a second. Um, Christian, why don't you go ahead and 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 um, go ahead and go over your next passage here. And uh, <coughs> uh, uh, you know, sorry, sorry, Cody, I'm trying to keep it on, keep it moving. You're good, you're good. <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to come back to that here in just a second. Um, uh, but that was good. I, I appreciate you jumping in there because, yeah, that, that's <laughs> definitely important. And I, I uh, even even preparing for this podcast, you know, I take it for granted that uh, a lot of people may not understand. Uh, what worship means that it's not just about the singing it's about it's about other stuff too yeah. uh, it's about it's about your whole being um so uh christian let me go ahead and turn it back over to you if you would go ahead and let's do this other passage and um and finish up with the the old testament all right and the next passage looks into the life of isaiah when he got received his calling and it gives us a little glimpse of what worship in heaven is going to look like coming from this old testament view it says in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, it starts, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. One called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke and said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And one of the seraphim flew to me, having his, in his hand a burning coal that I had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. He said, I... I have heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. And so we see the calling of Isaiah. We see this glimpse of heaven where the angels are worshiping him, saying, holy, holy, holy. So not just once, but three times, holy, 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 to show us how high up, how majestic he is. And then his response is not, I would say our normal, some of our normal reactions for worship. It's not this singing. He's not singing along with the angels. He says, woe is me, for I am lost, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And he shows this humble factor, because when we come to worship, it's looking at how mighty he is, and yet shows us where we are. And it's almost like this is the point where he saw exactly who he was when we come to that point of salvation we have to see that we are that center that we are depraved so what um so what is it i mean what is it that we're seeing here i mean overall in, in the old testament these two examples you gave and then others i mean of course there's other you know plenty of other examples um yeah. you know i mean what are what are you guys seeing you know in the old testament that's that's just consistent with whenever when somebody worships in the old testament what's consistent that's going on uh, that you guys notice? Uh, I would say that <clears throat> consistently I see adoration uh, and praise for God's glory and his attributes, um, namely more than personal circumstance. I and mean, I definitely see that, but 
the whole aim of worship mm-hmm. is God and his glory and his majesty and what he's doing and how he's working and his acts. And it's not so much about me and my situation. I think there's definitely an aspect of that. I mean, you can't get away from the Psalms, but there's also a huge aspect of worship is about God and a, a soul recognition of what he's done. And uh, we can go into a, a whole long discussion about that, but I think that's kind of what I see first and foremost. Yeah. And it's, and it's, I also noticed too, that, you know, it's not like, uh, and it's one of the weird things I've seen in hymns where God's only talked about in third person, but it's so, it's so deeply relational, um, how they, how they, you know, adore God and God is just, I mean, just so majestic to them. Um, you know, and sometimes I'm, I'm, they have, I mean, they've got to get even creative with their words because, you know, normal (laughs) words just don't, just don't cover it. You know what I mean? Um, and, and another, another thing that stands out to me in the old Testament is, is, uh, you know, I had a preacher, he, and we, we come back to this and we talk about uh, hymns versus like contemporary worship and stuff. But, uh, I just want to mention it while we're in the old Testament that there was there, you know, there all these, all the, there was a ton of instruments that they would use, you know, a ton of instruments, you know, they didn't just sing acapella and they sure didn't have a piano, you know, <laughs> Some grand yeah. pianos yeah. in the yeah. church building, you know. <laughs> they didn't have uh, an organ either, so. Yeah, they have an organ. Uh, <laughs> they just had whatever made noise, pretty much, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, even David, you know, he played the harp. And, uh, and maybe y'all could help me out with this. I'm, I'm kind of blinking on the passage, but uh, isn't it at the dedication of the temple where everybody comes together and plays just like a ton of instruments? And, uh, I mean, everybody just gets all excited. I think it's the dedication of the of the temple. Um, after Solomon, after Solomon builds it and dedicates it, um, uh, first Kings. Here we go. Uh, I know sure. it's there, so. But I don't know. It just popped into my head. But uh, did anybody else have anything you wanted to add before we move on to some New Testament stuff? I mean, I think worship in the Old Testament was how it was because. I think in the Old Testament, the people knew of God in a, in a sense. They didn't really have the relationship that people in the New Testament have. Let me explain. Because, you know, you have, when you offered a sacrifice, you had to go through somebody. You know what I'm saying? And it had to be certain way and a certain type of way. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't go but so far in the temple. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, they, God was just right there. They could, it's not, you know. We want to clean, which is still we should do today. You know, when we talk, try to talk to God, just have the same spirit. But like in the Old Testament, it was you know people had to do things for you indifferently. So that's I think that's one of the reason when they talk about God, they had to talk about him like what you say in third person like that because you know they they didn't have this relationship like they could just feel like they could just go and pray. They feel like they had to go to the temple. And I was having this uh, conversation with my wife. It's like God used to dwell in one place like he was everywhere but like his presence you know it was in the temple and this ark so that was the presence of god but now god is within us through the holy spirit you know what i'm saying so that's kind of like it's like a i mean basically what you're saying is is it's not that not that they didn't have a relationship but just the relationship uh i mean we believe the relationship is more intimate just because i mean we've got like he says i mean you you guys uh you christians you're the you're the temple of of god yes yes, yes, where god resides yeah Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good. You word. just change all that. You know, that's that's. I right. think that's why it was like that. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and even even in some of the Psalms, I mean, uh, uh, you know, I mean, they 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 were they were like thankful for for an exact act that God did, and then mm-hmm. I and then I and it probably had a lot to do with too. I would imagine of of passing it down, you know. Because if you personalize it between it's just you and your and you and uh, your relationship with God, then you know it's going to be kind of weird, you know, for your kids to sing the same song that you're writing, you know. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, but yeah, it's it's really interesting looking at some of the Old Testament stuff. So uh, l- let me jump to some New Testament uh, passages. So honestly, this is probably the foundation. Uh, if you ever watch, if if you ever hear anything about worship, you ever study worship, uh, you hear any other YouTube videos or podcasts about worship. I have no doubt that if somebody's going to pull up a passage, this passage is going to be in there. All right. So Jesus himself says in John, he says, but an hour is coming. This is John 4, 23 and 24. But an hour is coming and that and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So you're going to hear that. You're going to hear that passage every time. And it's like the foundation uh, for Christian worship, uh, <clears throat> that we worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, uh, let me let me just go ahead and kind of read all the New Testament passages. And then uh, if anybody wants to uh, jump in at the end. Um, another one I found is, is a Roman, Romans 11, 33 and 36. This is, you know, Paul is in the middle of writing this letter to the Roman church. And uh, I think he's just thinking about how great and gracious God is. And uh, in the midst of that, uh, in the midst of, of thinking of how, of how great and, and gracious God is, he says, uh, 11, Romans 11, 33 through 36, Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? And who has ever given to God that he should be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. And then and then some of the most amazing worship passages are found in Revelation. And these are these are exciting. I mean, uh, especially this one. It talks about um, uh, <clears throat> actually that's the next one. So this one's Revelation 4, 8 through 11. Each of the four living creatures had six wings. They were covered with eyes around and inside. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God the Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to the one seated on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before the one seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne and say, Our Lord and our God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So it's another example of worship. And then this one, this one to me is the, the imagery and the, the, the greatest picture to me is this last one. Uh, Revelation 7, 9 through 12. After this, I looked and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and along with the elders and the four living creatures. They fell face down before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen, <laughs> blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And that's, that's just so beautiful to me. Just 
just the fact that we're going to have all these nations and tribes and tongues and people just mm -hmm. worshiping God together. Uh, it, it, I, I just I can't wait to to see that face to face. And uh, and I've, I've seen that even a little bit here on this earth, just seeing people from different languages worshiping and singing even the same songs. Uh, it was it's just awesome. And even even last week at camp, at youth camp, uh, 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 one of the one of the girls she came forward and she sang uh, uh, "Graves into Gardens." Uh, she sang in Spanish with the English words up there, so we had two different languages singing at the same time, and it was it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, <clears throat> so that's a lot of the uh, the New Testament passages, and I know there's there's ton there's a ton more, and uh, I also know that there's also some passages that are referenced to and are possibly uh, early Christian hymns that they would sing. And, uh, and singing, you know, kind of help them remember some of this stuff too. So, um, okay, I'll go ahead and stop talking now. And uh, so what, what is anybody else want to chime in here? Got anything, you know, to add or say or uh, anything like that? You got it, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I definitely see the shift um, in the approach in the New Testament. I mean, there's a, a lot more intimacy with God, like John Eldon had said earlier, um, and I definitely agree with that. I mean, it goes from worshiping a God who seemed almost unapproachable um, to a God that we can enter into his presence. You know, when I read the Old Testament, um, like I was reading Numbers a, a couple months ago and just reading like, the ornamentation of the robes of the priests and everything they had to everything they had to wear just to go into God's presence. And you look at the New Testament and like it's just it's different, you know, like God's now opened the door for us, so to speak, where we can we can literally enter into his presence and we can worship not only in truth, but in spirit and in truth. And then we we have the Holy Spirit within us who enables us um to worship God in a whole different way than the old testament people could. Um yeah, and let me let me let me let me add in some more context because I think it's important to what you're talking about. For the the when he says to to worship in spirit and in truth, um, he's talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. And listen to what she says before in verse 19. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. You know, and then he says, Listen, uh, 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 believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you'll worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. Um, and then he says, uh, you, you are to worship in spirit and in truth. So uh, yeah. this, I, I was just baffled by this, just uh, <laughs> realizing, man, the context there, he's talking to the Samaritan woman. Like, what an odd character to, to teach this, yeah. this <laughs> amazing truth to, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to add that in there. I think that, I think that kind of fits in a lot. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean. Shows the gospel going to the Gentiles. Also, yeah. every tribe, starting with the one of the most hated groups by the Jews. Yeah, it is. It's it's uh, that's that's my that's my favorite thing about the gospel is how it brings different nationalities, different cultures together until under, under one name. Uh, it yeah. is it is it is one of my favorite things about the gospel. <laughs> So, uh, anybody else have anything to add about the New Testament passages? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah. in the Old Testament, I, I I like to take allusions, like I mean, some examples of what it it, it you know it, to people for people to better understand. It. It's like you know, 
going to somebody's house every day, you know, every year because they you bring the sacrifice. Hey, you have to knock on the door every time. And I said, somebody have to open for you and they have to take the things you have to bring in and, and so whatnot. And it's like the owner just, hey, let me give you a key, okay? You can just walk in and then just make yourself at home. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what Jesus did in like from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's not like, like the relationship never changes, but I think the access does. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, instead of just knocking and have to come to the door, like through the prophets, to the sacrifice, you just say, hey, here's a key. You can come to the Father. It's like, I'm the door now. Through me, you have access, you know, to, to the Father. And it just make it so much easier. You know, we don't have to wait. You know, if something is bothering us, say we're struggling with something, we do not have to wait till it's sacrifice day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To go to the temple to sacrifice. We could just like drop on our knees and just talk in our hearts, say, hey, God, I'm dealing with this and I want your help right now. So I think that's, you know, the big difference of it. And yeah. the reason I'm smiling is because something funny happened today. So, I, you know, I just went to youth camp last week and, and, uh, and they sang some, I mean, they were some awesome songs. I mean, I was getting into it. And, uh, and so I come back and I don't know if you know this, John Elder, but I work at a funeral home. Oh and, my God. Uh, <laughs> and, and I have, I, and I have an embalmer's apprentice license. So I'm downstairs. In that place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> And so I'm downstairs embalming, and of course I've got all these songs stuck in my head. So I'm literally embalming a dead body, singing praises to God. You know, yeah. in, in the Old Testament, I'd have been kicked out of Israel for a couple of days. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't remember how long it is, but if you touch a dead corpse, you're kicked out for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but here I am. You know, I'm working on working on this this I'm working on this body and singing praises to God. You know, yeah. I mean, it is it is uh, it's just awesome. We can we are able to do that. Yeah. Um, and just so freely and so intimately too yeah <clears throat> yeah it is i mean i think the access is really different jesus made it more yeah. accessible yeah he said he said um you too you will worship in spirit and truth even when you're embalming dead bodies yeah. um that's my translation wherever you are <laughs> you can worship me like <laughs> wherever so uh, <clears throat> that's why i'm a youth pastor i say crazy stuff and do crazy stuff. um yeah. <laughs> well that's what's odd is all three of y'all kind of do worship uh christian you do you do you play bass regularly? yeah yeah um uh, and cody yeah. you play regular too right yeah yeah so i mean you guys do all that and then turn around and then john elvin's the only one that's not doing youth ministry right <laughs> yeah. Actually, that, that's the thing for real yeah we, we're talking about it yeah. um, in august we're gonna start doing that so we're gonna see how it goes very yeah. nice very nice Doing yeah, the club, yeah. <laughs> but wear a helmet, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, wear a brace on that knee. <laughs> um, all right, well, enough of this stuff. <laughs> it was funny, Christian was like, well, yeah, We're gonna, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, yeah. you know. We gotta, uh, we got we just he was almost gonna say, We gotta, we're gonna have to make sure the scripture stuff is short. <laughs> then he stopped himself, <laughs> you can't say that, <laughs> you know. Um, but now we want to we want to we want to talk about this. So uh, there's a lot of controversy because uh, music is music. There's 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 music written by a ton of different people. All right, a ton of different people. And so when you get even in the hymns, you know there's some there's some people that wrote hymns that uh, may not have been in the right relationship with the Lord. And uh, <laughs> and there's also you know some people who they they have created contemporary worship music, and uh, and sometimes their their theology is is a little whack. Um, and especially, um, and especially if, if you're going to, uh, there's always going to be a bunch of songs that, uh, you're not going to agree with every word. Um, 
And so there, there's there's a uh, there's two groups, uh, Hillsong and Bethel, and <laughs> both of them both of them make uh, they make some some really cool sounding music. Uh, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of churches, even Baptist churches, even though. Uh, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention would probably never let any Hillsong church into the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, you know, uh, or, <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, kind of, and I know, I know too, I'm sure most people have probably heard about it, but there is some great controversy in the Hillsong uh, churches right now with some of the leaders. Um, uh, there's controversy within the Southern Baptist churches, uh, but we talked about it on the last podcast. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, so who, who can uh, who can kind of fill us in a little bit more on on some of these controversies? I mean, why why is why is why is Hillsong and Bethel music? I mean, why is that even a question? Why are we not just you know singing it because uh, you know just saying well they're Christians they write Christian music okay it should be okay to sing. Um, so uh, somebody fill us in there. Well, uh, I mean, there's a lot of controversy controversy focused on the church itself from the outside world but um there's a lot of those churches in particular especially hillsong there's a lot of controversy within the christian community about how do we use these materials from these churches because they don't have a lot of things that we would align with theologically or um just ethically um there's a lot of things that have been revealed about the cultish activities of bethel and hillsong and things they do um to their members and special trainings they have and the cult-like things they do. Um, and it's drawn a lot of controversy within the Christian community, like how do we how do we justify singing these songs that may not necessarily be wrong and not show support for ministries that are very cultish um, and who we very much disagree with. Um, so that's kind of where the controversy comes, at least from the, the side that I've witnessed. I don't know about John Eldon in particular. But I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm not really pay attention to it because I know there are some songs to me, mm -hmm. like, you know, it depends. I Like when I'm preparing service, I try to, you know, read the song without the tune. You know, it could be a beautiful tune. I try to read the song if it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? If it's, you know, biblical, I would say, you know, but like all the myth that's going on, uh, I don't really focus on it because if you look at it that way, Every church has something that's going on into what people don't know about. Yeah. You see, you know what I'm saying? So I think because they are just like a mega church or something like that is just more under microscope. But I think that every church, like people who are in leadership in church or people, even volunteers are involved in some messed up stuff that we don't typically agree with. I have some converse, conversation with some people that are in church. Now, until you sit with those people, you think, oh, my goodness, they're on fire for God. You know what I'm saying? Because they're in church every Sunday. You know, and every volunteer thinks they're there. But until you sit with them, dude, and then you just hear, like, what they agree with and what they're like, my gosh. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, sometimes, like, do the preacher know about this? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, <laughs> yes, because this is, okay, that's what I do, and that's what I agree with, and that's what I, I'm raising my kids to do. And you're just like, are you a Christian? You know what I'm saying? Because they... they it's it's crazy you know I, i've witnessed i've talked to some, me and my wife i've talked to some of them i'm just like <laughs> I, I, I know if you're a christian or not because you know what i'm saying but they're involving in everything else you know what i'm saying i'm sorry can i, yeah, I, 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 say, I don't think they have to judge their music based on 
based on that. I'm like, you know, me, if, if, me, uh, if we have to base their music based on that, we, we should we should be fair, you know, when we're using the scriptures. Because everybody who's in scripture, who God inspires to write scripture, are some messed up people. You know what I'm saying? David, a murderer, adulterer, like all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Paul was the same. You know what I'm saying? But God just still used them, you know? And I think too, what they should do, like when you, you know, you messed up, you should repent, okay? I'm not, you know, for what, you know, you know, stay in your messed up situation. You should repent. But I don't, you know, even Moses messed up too. And then when he died, Satan was trying to, you know, get his body. And God said, you know, when he messed up, you didn't know when he repent. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's different here. If you messed up in public, you have to apologize and repent in public. You know what I'm saying? You, too? So like you can put people at peace and, uh, you know, make people comfortable, whatever. I, I, I use the word comfortable. But I wouldn't go with solely what, what they do to just say, we're not going to sing your song. You know, because they probably, when they wrote that song, there wasn't a like, you know, God inspired them to write it. You know? You know what I'm saying? But I'm not saying that's what happened. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know? <laughs> let me... um. Let me jump in here with this challenge, and I think this will help clarify uh, a few things. So, um, when I when I started at my last church, uh, I youth pastored, and um, I, I came to visit on a Tuesday, and uh, that's when they had youth. And so I came in, and um, the lady that was leading it, she actually used a Mormon song uh, for worship and played it on the screen, and uh, she even she even got up there and said, uh, "This guy's a Mormon. He's not a Christian." Um, but this song still praises God. Um, so, uh, my question, my, my challenge is really this is, is, um, so are, are, are we saying that, I mean, what, I mean, what if, uh, if a Mormon or even so far as to say like a Satanist, you know, of course, a Satanist is never going to write a song praising God, but, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, is, is, is it, can we sing, should we deal with each Christian song, uh, by just looking at the lyrics? Um, or can we can we sing even um, other religious songs like you know a Mormon song? Um, <clears throat> you know, even though they're not Christians, can we still sing those songs? So I just want to get your get you guys' thoughts on stuff something like that. I'll say no. I'll say a flat out no. Yeah, I would say no too. Let me tell you why. <laughs> uh, writing a song is like a sacrifice to God. We're just offering it to God. The G-O-D with capital G, okay? <laughs> so anything you've you done that was not addressed to God, like was not built for God or created for God, like the big G-O-D, it's not of God. You know, even though it says God, which God are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? It, it, it could be for Zeus uh, for, for as long as I care. You know what I'm saying? It's not for God. It's like it's like you, you having a sacrifice for other gods than god you know what i'm saying so it, it, it's that's how i see it you cannot like, so so kind of like uh you know when paul says you know don't eat don't eat meat sacrifice to yes paul's yes it's that, i think i feel that's what we're doing because if it if it's for god we're praising god's with it it should it in mind like if the person who wrote it they have in mind the real god it's 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 not it's not for god you know what i'm saying i think i think that's uh, what i think about it yeah what about you cody uh, I mean, I would say, I would just start off with saying that I'm not a proponent of not singing Hillsong and Bethel songs. I still sing them 
I sang a Bethel song two weeks ago in church. Too many negatives. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But, but <laughs> too many negatives there. I, I got confused. <laughs> um, sorry. I'm not, 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 not saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's trying to emphasize that. Not, not saying um, that. But, Everybody's going to be mad at him now. <laughs> but um, I do think that we have to ask ourselves some questions. You know, Jonathan presented a great challenge with, you know, what if a Mormon, he's because Mormons believe they're Christians. You know, what if a Mormon wrote a worship song when we sing it? One well, the answer was no. And then I look at churches, maybe not so much Hillsong, because Hillsong's controversy is more based on they just didn't handle some sexual allegations correctly, yeah. mm-hmm. which is not which is not okay. I'm not downpouring that at all. I'm just saying it's not the same as some of the things that we see with Bethel, very cultish activities, some very um almost satanic activities, like um some really crazy grave soaking and, yeah. and cultish thoughts where um, they're literally holding a daughter in the auditorium of their church for like, you know, I don't, for like a week trying to raise her from the dead and doing all these weird prayer and chants over her and all these other things. Um, don't work. I, I... <laughs> you know, you know, you know, so, you know jo- I mean, Jonathan sank graves in the gardens and that girl, did, I mean, that person did not wake up, you know, like, I don't know, you know, but, um, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, so the question is, this is, this could be a whole other podcast in itself, but does Bethel represent the same God that we worship through their actions? Yeah. So you, you caught on exactly where I was going with this. Yeah. Is that most do, people don't think that they're, they're Christians. You know, if they do, then listen to their songs. If they don't, that's not sing their songs. If we don't know, let's dive into it more. Maybe that's something I need to do. Um, but yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, the bottom line, what I'm hearing from you guys to kind of, you know, summarize what, what everybody's been saying is, um, it doesn't matter who wrote the song. <laughs> we look at the lyrics, you know, um, and as long as they're as long as uh, as we believe the writers are Christians and they wrote with the intent to worship the, the one and true God, um, then as long as the lyrics match up uh, with what the scriptures say, um, I don't know, you know, how perfectly they, they need to match up. But, you know, uh, as long as they match up with the scriptures and match up with, uh, you know, they're, they're written to the one true God. Uh, then I think we're okay to sing them. Is kind of what, what what I'm hearing from y'all. Yeah, I mean that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, right now. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> so so um, now is John John Eldon or is, is John Eldon the only one that actually has to pick songs every week, or are you guys picking songs too? No, and when I lead worship, I pick a set list every week. Oh, okay, you do lead worship. Okay. Um, so like, so now what are, what are, uh, we don't have much time to talk about it, but, uh, so what are some of like the criteria I would say, okay, this is my criteria for saying, this is a song we can sing. This is a song we shouldn't sing. I mean, what are some of those criteria? Uh, I know we've kind of heard a couple of them already, but. <clears throat> okay. Me, what, before, you know, doing the set, uh, you know, the preacher obviously gave it, gave me the scripture he's going to be preaching about. And I try to pray about it. You know what I'm saying? I re, I re, I'll take my Bible because I have a big Bible on my desk. I take my Bible and read the passage myself. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes you just read a passage. Oh, that's where it's come from. And a song just jump into your head. So that's yeah. where they get that from. You know, you, it's easy that way. But sometimes, dude, <laughs> there's nothing. You know? You just, there's nothing. It, it's just like, you know, you say, God, I, I don't know what to do because this passage, I don't see no songs that can fit with and especially if you do not know where the pastor is going to go with the passage because mm-hmm. if you have many directions say god you know it, it's it, it's all you so now you have to 
what I do is just take songs that focus on Christ because either way, everything that's in the Bible focuses on God. So you pick a song that's like more focused on like towards God directly. So whenever that, that's how I do it. But there are some songs I know personally I, I, I won't lead with. There's one of them, Draw Me Close to You. Do you know that song? Mm -hmm. I will never sing it. I have it in my repertoire, but like thinking about it, praying about it, I'll, I'll, I'll never sing it again. I used to sing it, but you know why? Because I can take the complete song itself, sing it for my wife, <clears throat> like without adding or subtracting nothing. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I could sing it, you know, for my daughter. You could sing it in a wedding. You know what I'm saying? So, because the meaning it is, you know, it's you could put it in every scenario. It's just like it's the same thing. You it that not once it mentioned God in it, not once it's just focusing or whatever. Say heaven for something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. It's just like you can make it romantic. You can make it whatever you want it to be. You know, because it's 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 open for interpretation. I think that song. It's one specific. Song. This song, I'm I'm not gonna sing it because I'm just like. Is that draw me draw me nearer the hymn or is this a contemporary song? It's it's where was Mark and Taylor? Draw me close to you. And Michael W. Smith. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. I'm thinking about something. This this song is it, it's it's a no. You know what I'm saying? It's because gonna be it's gonna, it, it, the what? <laughs> it's gonna be a no for me, dog. It's a. I mean, seriously though, because you you, you don't know where to go with it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It could be. It's it's not. Is it for God? As far as I know, I do not know if that dude was thinking about God if he when he was writing it. Mm. See what I'm saying? It's just open, and I'm just like, nah. Yeah, well, you see that you see that with a lot of modern music. Um, you can you take it and you listen to it, and it's like, is this about God or your or your girlfriend or boyfriend? You know? Yes. Yeah. Where were you when you wrote that song? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's, it's some of those songs you'll like hear, like there'll be like a sad moment on American Idol. Yeah, and they're playing the song and they're like, they don't even know it's a Christian song, you know? Because if they knew it was, I know, I know for sure ABC wouldn't be playing that song, you know? If they knew <laughs> the intent behind it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's there's a lot of them too. They they put in movies. Yeah. Uh, there's that song by Rascal Flats. I've heard people play it in church. I'll stand by you, and people try to find scripture yeah. that matches it, and I'm just like, that's messed up. <laughs> because yeah. even though you know it says it in scripture but i don't think that song is written for god <laughs> you know what i'm saying i mean even though god says all these things but i don't think i don't have to talk to rascal flats when i was sir where were you when you were writing that song what was happening to you, you yeah. know what I'm all this would be a lot easier if we just had personal contact with the people who wrote yes the song. because <laughs> you do not know yeah yeah you know it's just you but, do not know uh, I, yeah, some of the other, some of the bigger ones, you know, they, you know, if they, if they brought a lot of controversy, like the, I, I don't know what the song's called about sloppy wet kiss and, um, and Paul Washer, he went on a, he went on a rant. I'm sure you could tell by my facial expression. I was not impressed by his rant, but he went on a rant about the song, um, either Bethel Hillsong wrote, it was about, I, mean, dancing, I, was I think, yeah, uh, dancing with Jesus or whatever. <laughs> um, huh. I know he, Paul Washer hated that one. Um, <laughs> I watch. I hate everything. <laughs> yeah, he hates everything that's not reformed. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but at least we're still Christians. So, anyways, right. that's, that's, <laughs> that's a whole, that's a different uh, different podcast. Um, Cody, do you want to share real quick some of some of the some of the things you do? 
Yeah, I mean, I uh, definitely John Eldon's method. Like, I start with the scripture. Uh, yeah. Where's the passage leading? Uh, he's right. Sometimes you'll get a passage and you're like, "How the heck am I going to make a, a, a worship set with this?" And uh, kind of the same thing. Like, if I can't think of something, I'll just pick songs that point uh, to God's attributes that I may see, or uh, Christ, because all scriptures should point to Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, from there. You know, theological accuracy is a big thing for me. You yeah. Know, I don't want to sing songs that teach bad theology because I think a lot of people, whether they think it or not, take their theology from music or they take it from scripture, mm-hmm. especially younger believers. Um, and then, you know, songs that, um, you know, kind of set the tone for the passages that we're reading. Um, and there's a lot of nuance that goes into it. I mean, I'm not super performance-based, but I do, you know, I do kind of do like a faster song at the beginning, kind of slow it down as we get into the scripture. Yeah. Um, you know, and I have, I do kind of a blended set because I have some older people in our church. And so. Amen. You know. Amen. <laughs> um, but I've definitely been where John Eldon is as far as like, you know, being in a Baptist church, having a desire for worship and knowing kind of feeling like David in that situation, like knowing these songs that I'm singing are true and holy and they lift up God and people are very set against it. And, um, you know, what do you do with that? And, you know, not trying to jump ahead, but um, that that does go into, you know, picking a set list. Sometimes there are things that I think, oh, this song will be perfect for the scripture. And then at the same time, it's like people would freak out if I sang that song, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. so. I mean, I, I've had to change some songs at the last minute because throughout the week I'm praying about it. I'm thinking about the scripture and I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Sometimes literally Saturday night, you know, I'll be <laughs> ready for bed. And then this song came in mind and I, with the scripture, I'm like, man, I already did the PowerPoint, Lord. <laughs> it's just like, ah, you know, but I tried to like try to get everything done by Thursday. You know, I'm like, God, if we're going to do something, Let's make it my Thursday. Yeah, till Thursday, God. <laughs> yeah. I don't say it like that, but you know, yeah, yeah. trying to give it, give the prophet in so they can put it all together with the scripture reading and everything, yeah. sermon. But I'm just like, you know, because it's like I'm thinking about it, playing it in my head, how everything's going to go. So I try, I try to, you know, do that. But by Thursday, I try to have everything. Because you never know, man. You know, you never know how the weekend is going to go. Because especially having baby, wife, and house, you know, things happen, you know. So, yeah. I try to be prepared ahead it gets, of time. It gets even more complicated when you have, you know, six other people playing with you that you have to. <laughs> yes, and you have to like have them. They have to be ready too. It's not fair for you on the only one to be ready. So you have to be ready for them. Like people who play with click tracks, they have to put that together. You yeah, know? you have to be mindful of all that. So I try to be give them at least two or three days to yeah. get everything set up, but. Some days are better than other one, like preparing for worship. But it's, but the funny thing is that the the worship set you have the most struggle with. That's when God moved the most, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> you yeah. know, or the one you just think is just like, man, that's a whack set, and that's <laughs> when you know, people responded the most. You know, I'm yeah. just, you know what? <laughs> you know, yeah. That's why I, I try not to make it about me. Some Sundays I sing only hymns. And some Sundays I sing, I sing only contemporary, and since some days I do both. You know, it depends on how I feel God is leading and how the, you know, sermon's gonna be at this. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, let's um, now that you brought that up, <laughs> let's mm-hmm. let's move on to this last section. Uh, we're running out of time here, so um, uh, we we probably don't have all time for all four of us to speak on it, but uh, definitely want to hear from John Eldon and Cody here. So, I mean, what's what's y'all's? What, I, I I pretty much I mean, we pretty much all know your opinions about you know hymns versus contemporary. I mean, both of y'all have supported both of them in just the things that you've said. Um, uh, you know, you're not against one or the other or anything like that. Um, you know, but uh, maybe maybe talk about you know how you deal with it. How would you? Uh, I know John Elman was talking about a lot before of how how do you how do you how do you con con. Uh, I mean, how do you how do you respond to the uh, the people who say all oh, all contemporary worship is of the devil? Or uh, I had a pastor one time. He said if you add instruments to the stage, you know, it takes away from the glory of God. Um, uh, you know and uh, next why time, not, why you, not next time you see him, tell him to read Psalm one fifty. Yeah, right. Uh, read it over and over again till he till it clicks. He'll probably say, "Well, <laughs> they didn't have him on the stage." No. Oh, come on. <laughs> it, it was they even worse. Everybody had a freaking instrument. <laughs> Everyone had something to make noise with. Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, they want to bad. They just say, "Here's some symbols." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. When I first started leading worship at Reedsville. Like, I knew some hymns. Like, I knew the tune to it because we we sing them similar in Haiti or whatever. Thank God for me, like, when I started and then the pandemic hit, I had time to learn all these hymns. See what I'm saying? So I, so I was, when I was singing them in church, worship, it was virtual. So I was, the, the nervousness was kind of low. You know what I'm saying? So I, I had time, to, like, almost a year to learn all these hymns. But I did my part learning them. I have nothing against it. But the problem is when people say, oh, we need to sing more hymn or hymn music. And that's why I want to dig deep with them and say how these things were right, you know, with the tune. I'm like, so, I mean, the hymnals, they started with poems. You know what I'm saying? People just writing things. And then some other people come behind them, take those words and put it in a tune. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, too, some of the tunes were just composed like Bach or Beethoven, they they created their own thing. You don't know if these people were Christian. You know they were not thinking about God when they were, you know, uh, writing those pieces. You know what I'm saying? Because they were just writing. You know, they get inspired and they write it. We took those tunes and put Christian words to it, and then we make it a Christian song. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like okay, we, we make it, we make it about God. And I told those people to more contemporary. The world is evolving. People are doing like new style of music. You can still put the word of God to it. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing Dr. Wilson would just roll in, like, in his grave and he would be, right now he'd be like, you're wrong. Like rap music, he believed that's not music, you know, <clears throat> whatever it's his, it's his way. But I feel like to, if I want to, let me see how I can I put that. If I want to reach some people who are uh, project, prison, that really listen to these things, you know? I cannot bring to them, you know, amazing grace. It's not gonna, it's not gonna touch them. They're not gonna even li- they're gonna listen, they're gonna hear it, but they're not gonna listen. But let me tell you that if I bring the song, like one of the crazy, not like I'm a big fan of and whatever, but like if I bring one of the songs or those rapper songs that talk about Christian, they're gonna listen to it. And if they want to learn those songs, they're gonna Google the lyrics and it's gonna talk more to them than the amazing grace. Yeah, mm-hmm. and zombie is literally. By Lecrae, I mean that's that's literally the gospel. That's, the, that's yeah, what the whole yeah. song's but about. But that, that, that's one thing, though. Honestly, I'm gonna tell you something. When I first heard the song, "I'm Coming in Hot," 
I didn't think it was a Christian song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I really thought it did. It wasn't. And one time I was, I, I think I was listening to it in Caleb. I'm like, what? what? That's a Christian song? And then I listened to the lyrics. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. I just look it up. See what I'm saying? It's just yeah. like, oh, that was a Christian song. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, it, it, you know, you, you never know. It's, I think, I, I, uh, you know, God still moves today. And there, there's a uh, contemporary song I really like right now. The words to it, you know, it's uh, Refiner, I think by Elevation. I want to be, I want to be tried by fire, pure refine. You, sometimes I, I sing that song, I get scared. You, you know what I'm saying? Let me tell you, the words in this song is so strong. Because we literally, people who sing that song, or we've been thinking about the song they're singing, you actually asking God to try you. Yeah. You actually asking God to put you through everything. You know what I'm saying? Put you through fire, mm -hmm. so you can be refined. You know, I say, hey, okay, God, you can use me as Joe. That's tough. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes we just sing the song because it's so contemporary. Like, there's nothing to it. I'm like, read the words because you asking God to do yeah. stuff that you're not you're not willing to do. You know what I'm saying? There's there's some powerful yeah. you know things in their in the, in their contemporary world. I think. Because of the old people, it's it's not something they're accustomed to. They don't they discredit it. But there are some powerful words. I re, I, I told you before I sing the songs or whatever. I, I read the text, and and these songs they scare me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like okay, God, I don't know if I literally want you to do that. Try me like that, but okay, let's let's give it a try. You know <clears> what I'm saying? And and every time I sing that song, it's just like. I'm like, God, I, I, I'm singing, but I hope you don't do that. But God, <laughs> I'm serious. You, you asking God, you say, God, I want to burn for you. But, and I, and I learned real quick that if you ask God something, he's going to put you to the test. I've asked God for patience. Okay. You know, like that's six years ago. I don't pray that prayer no more. It, it, <laughs> it took me seriously. It took me a year to get to Boone Parker College. After that, I've said, not God, we done it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Seriously, though, like, I was right there. I was already in the United States. I was, yeah. all my paperwork was ready. Just a click of a button. It took me, I had to go to my own country to change that status. Mm -hmm. Hey, you talking about testing your patience? And I was like, yeah, we're not going to pray that prayer anymore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'll, <laughs> I'll never pray that. <laughs> I'll never. Because I'm like, God, why, you know, why are you doing that? You know, if I've asked God, I say, you know, because... I stuttered for the people, like I'm a group of people, I stuttered bad. And I said, God, I want, I want you to be more comfortable speaking up in front of people. So we travel for voices. I didn't talk to Dr. Wilson about it. Guess what he started doing? Every time we travel, he said, you sharing a, a devotional. You know what I'm saying? And guess what I did? I quit, I quit praying that prayer. Because <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's like, every, like sometimes I think we pray, we pray that we think God is not listening. He does. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? He does. And I just... So really, I mean, really what you're saying, I mean, we should really treat our our worship songs or how we, when we praise, we should treat that like we're praying to yeah, God. Yeah, we're speaking we praying to God. We're asking God to do stuff. Like, we should be willing yeah. to to comply because yeah. if we ask him to do something, he's He's going to enter somewhere yeah. or another. Yes or no, or wait. But it's... Right. I, I think people should, like, before they judge the song, I say, okay, let's read it like it's a like it's passage of scripture. Okay, let's like read it like it's the Bible. See what I'm saying? Read what what we're gonna sing about. And and I try to do that sometimes. 
uh, tell the people this is what the song t- talks mm-hmm. about. It's not about the tune. You know what I'm saying? The tune is nice. You know, <laughs> but it's about the scripture. I, I love songs. You know, you could just hear it and say, "Oh, this is where it is in scripture." I love songs like that. Mm-hmm. You know, surely goodness and mercy. I, there's some. So I just say, "Okay, that's where it is in the Bible." I love it songs is, like that. You know, it's Peterson's cool. good about that too. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, the Gettys do that. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, that's where it is in the Bible. You know, right. and I, and I think that's what the older generation needs to do. Start reading the 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 words before, before the old drums and uh, everything like that, which yeah. I, I do myself because you know, even the hymns though, because there's some hymns I'm like, God, why am I singing that? Uh, He's uh, waiting in the portals. <laughs> and and, and, and w- even with my accent and stuff, there are some there are oh, some hymnals I cannot sing. There are too many th sounds in it. Yeah, I can't pronounce these things, bro. And <laughs> I, I'm serious. I'm I'm being honest. I cannot. You know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes I have to suck it up and you know make a fool of myself. My wife always laugh at me because you know she like look at my mouth. She know I'm gonna say it wrong. <laughs> I want to. Uh, let me jump in here and give Cody a, a chance to, to speak. Yeah, yeah, um, the hymns, hymns versus contemporary. Um, Cody, what are you? What are some of your thoughts on it? That uh, you know, something else you want to add in there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, theological accuracy is a big deal. Um, people get caught up in the sound, I think, and they think that automatically because it sounds modern, that modern music is you know of the devil, so to speak, and uh, they don't really want to give it the time of day. Um, I hear a lot of arguments, uh, like a big argument I hear is vain repetition. And you know, I'll, I'll get that argument all the time. And, you know, I'll take them straight, straight to Revelation. It's like, well, you know, right, right now in heaven, they're just saying this. Being holy, that's true. <laughs> holy, holy, um, holy. Oh, we think alike. I do that too. And, you know what? You know, so the question is, is, is what makes it vain? Is It's your heart. You know, if, mm. if you're singing these words and repeating them in it, it means absolutely nothing to you, then you're the one that's making that repetition vain, you know, because I can sing, um, you know, how he loves at the top of my lungs and repeat it over and over again. And it, it, it means something to my heart every time I sing it. Some people may not, you know, I used to walk, uh, I used to go to a church where we sang the doxology every Sunday and uh, we would finish our set list and it was like, praise God from whom, you know, this has how the whole church was because it was like, oh yeah, this is what we should do because it's the old fashioned way, but it, it was so vain, you know, <laughs> um, and hymns do the same thing. They repeat all the time. I can hear Dr. Lilford right now, Christian. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I would say that John Owen's right on point, you know, what, what do the words say? And if, if the words aren't unbiblical, then what you're presenting to me is not an argument for what's wrong and right. You're presenting your preference. And, you know, worship isn't about me or you. It's not about our preferences or our style. You know, there are things that I enjoy. Yeah. I love electric guitar. I love drums. I love keys that can rock. But, you know, um, that's my preference. And if, if someone doesn't worship that way and what they're doing is not unbiblical, then I have nothing to say about it because keep worshiping God. You know, I have the ability, you know, to do that in my church. We're a contemporary church. We have a full five piece band. You know, I play electric guitar every Sunday. If I'm not leaving, I love it. 
You know, John Eldon doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I believe at the if everything in me that that man worships just as much as I do, if not more. You know, I believe that the people in third world countries that don't have access to instruments, who all they can do is dance and sing and bang on a garbage can and worship like God. Clap their hands, yeah. You no. Know? And so if we're making it about our preferences and not making it about God and his glory, the reason that we were created, that's our problem in the first place, you know? And so that's all I really have to say about that. <laughs> um, but I would say like, um, just to kind of play off what John Eldon said, I don't know if you guys know, but there's a website I use a lot when I examine script, uh, lyrics called the Berean test. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can go to the website and you can look up songs. And they just kind of do like a biblical analysis of, of, of music. And they give it a score like out of 10 of how accurate it is biblically. I got to think, what's the name of it? The Berean test. I have no no clue how to spell that. And Bere- B- like burrito. B- <laughs> B-E-R-E-A-N. There's probably a burrito test website too. <laughs> probably doesn't serve the same purpose, but. Okay. How authentic. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to sum it up. Um, kind of back to where we started and I'm not closing the podcast outside my job, but uh, every morning when I walk in, the, every day when I wake up, this is how it should be. It's not always this way. That's my confession. But every day when I walk in that church on Sunday morning to lead worship, my prayer is always that we would do well in the set list, but not so that people would walk away saying, wow, that band was good. Not say we walk away saying, man, that guy can or can't sing. But they would walk away having somewhat entered the presence of God through what would happen in that place. And I, I pray that we would get out of the way, that we wouldn't make mistakes because mistakes cause distractions. But I pray that, that God would be honored and glorified in everything that we do. And if that's not what we're doing on Sunday mornings, then we need to quit, you know? Yeah, that is true. So. Mm-hmm. All right. That was, uh, I don't know about you, Cody, but that's some great final thoughts for you. <laughs> that's like a great way to, to – I, I wanted to give everybody a chance here um, uh, uh, to just give some final thoughts, take a minute, two minutes, uh, just give some final thoughts. I mean, what is – if something I, – I stole this from Remnant Radio, but this idea of giving final thoughts. But, I mean, if somebody were watching this podcast, they just heard a lot of stuff. Uh, what what do you want them to take away? I mean, most people that are going to watch this aren't probably going to be worship leaders. They're going to be, uh, you know, just just the average church member. You know, there's, there's another church member, uh, a, a Christian though, uh, is going to be watching this. So, I mean, what do you, what do we want to tell these people that watch this podcast? And what can we close with? Um, to kind of summarize your thoughts. Um, uh, John Ellen, you want to go first? Yeah. What I would say is that when when you go to worship on Sundays or whenever you worship, don't go in the mindset, oh, they're going to sing hymns or contemporary songs. Just go in with the mindset, say, God, what do you have for me today? Mm. You know, some people get get the words from the song we sing, and some of them get it from, you know, the preaching. You know what I'm saying? It depends on the day and what God has in store for you that day. You know what I'm saying? But just go with the mindset, say, God, I just want you to, if you have something for me today, the words, I just want you to, you know, make it loud and clear for me. You know, even if through the songs, you know, that's why we put the words in the screen. So you can see, even though you're not singing, you can see it and read it. You know, I so say, God, what do you have for me today? You know, mm-hmm. just go in with the spirit of, you know, worship is not about your preference, but you focusing on God in your relationship with him, you know, with, with others. Yeah. That's a good word. Uh, Cody? Yeah. You, um, you know, right on. Um, it's about God, not us. 
and uh, don't make it about anything else. You know, uh, op- you know, come in with great expectation. You know, that God, every single day, not just on Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever, but every day that you wake up, if you surrender your life to Him and worship, just like Romans twelve says, you know, you you sur- submit your body as a, a living sacrifice to God. Have expectations that He's going to do good things. Not not necessarily for you, like He's going to give you health, wealth, and prosperity, but He's going to work through you if you allow him to, because that's who he is. Christian? All right. So, exactly probably, what you said. No, you've, had, you've had to wait so long to talk, man. I, probably so long to that's, that's a new word I made up. This is, no. I mean, it's such a, man, what a, what a, what a, what a conversation. Yeah. But it's, this is exactly like Cody said, it's putting God first to, Talk about what Matt Chun said. The Bible is not about you. And when you're focusing on these songs, it's your prayer to God. It's your reflection to God. Um, I remember when we were at Passion and however long ago, we were singing Follow You Anywhere. Then that was like their 2018 album or whatever. And it, if you pay attention to the words and it's actual truth, it's like, am I actually willing to do this? Mm. And so when we worship you want to pay attention to the song from the preacher aspect. I'm like, yes, it must be theologically correct and line up there. But it's worship to God. Pay attention to what you're singing and therefore worship in spirit and in truth. And I want a lot of times raising your hands is amazing. (laughs) I'm usually not the person to do that. And some of the time it's, I'll admit it's just because I, Think about the people that are looking at me. Don't think about the people beside you. Who cares what they think? Just worship God. Man, uh, what's some great final thoughts? Um, <clears throat> I don't even know how we, we've covered so much in this one podcast. <laughs> um, and just an FYI, we're a little bit over an hour, but uh, we covered we covered a lot of stuff on this podcast. It's hard to wrap it all up, but um, uh, I, I think everybody keeps reiterating the same thing. Listen, if God is being glorified, um, that's, that's the key. All right. And, um, you know, and, and I, I've been, I've been all over the place. Um, I've been, I've been with people that are, are, I've been with Pentecostals in worship. I've, I've been with, uh, I, I've been to like winter jam, you know, and winter jam, they've got, they've got people that come and they, they sing like these real slow worship songs. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, oh, oh, Colton Dixon comes out or, <laughs> or, um, or, or I forget what the other guy's name is. Um, yeah, Red too. And then you know, and then NF pops out and he's rapping. You know, I mean, some of the some of the best worship experiences I've had in my personal time is literally just singing a rap song uh, along with 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 not NF, uh, KB. Uh, yeah. <laughs> singing those singing those songs with KB, two different people. Um, <laughs> singing those songs with KB. I mean, especially at the HD, uh, his Glory Alone album. Uh, you know, is it's a very powerful album, you know, and, and I, I remember this and I wanted to close with this is, uh, I, I remember, and I've been dwelling on it ever since Dr. Puckett said it. I remember Dr. Puckett telling, um, uh, a, a, one of the, one of the worship students, he said, um, uh, or the music students, he said, uh, you know, you guys that lead worship, you guys have something that all that all of us preachers, all of us theologians, something that we desire because like, it's, it's so cool to be around people who lead worship. Because it always seems like they're just so much 
They're just so intimate with God. You know, it's not like a, you know, it's not like a theological concept to a, a worship leader uh, or a good worship leader. You know, it's not a theological concept. It's a, it's a, it's an intimate relationship and it's a showing of that intimate relationship uh, through music. And uh, the more I learn about music and, and, and picking songs and, and, and leading worship and, and, uh, you know, just and how all that stuff comes together, the creativity, how God works in it, how the spirit works in it, how theology works in it. Um, man, it is a it is a massive field of study. It is it is a, an amazing field of study. And I just want to say on the behalf of, of Christian and I, Grace Bomb Ministries and everybody that's going to listen, we're very thankful for you guys to join us. Um, and uh, I, I hope that this I mean, we talked about stuff on this podcast that we could have spent a whole podcast talking about, you know, um, <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully this opens up some door for, doors for us in the future to talk about some more of these things more in depth, you know, and maybe even pick apart a few songs. Uh, I don't know, maybe songs like Reckless Love. Um, <laughs> or Drama Close to You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I, I was just looking at those lyrics and I wanted to jump in on that, but, but I'm like, oh, I'll get them all. So, um, <clears throat> but listen, I'm, I'm so thankful for you guys. And uh, thank you all for watching Grace Bomb Ministries. We got some cool stuff. I was, I was just telling these guys earlier, a couple of days ago, I got challenged to debate on the Trinity, and I'm super excited that that I, I think we may be able to do that come uh, probably in July, August time or something like that. Um, and I, I, I'm still trying to talk with Austin about finishing up some of the uh, inerrancy videos this summer. Uh, that would be that would be awesome. Um, and and I'm also I'm also very passionate about fighting uh, New Age philosophy and and uh, stuff like that as well. So if you guys ever hear or, or see anything like that that you're like, what in the world? You know, uh, that's usually everybody's first thought when you hear something new age. Uh, so, uh, you know, let, let, let's talk about it. But uh, just thank you all so much for watching. And we will see you on the next podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for watching the Grace Bond Ministries podcast or listening to the podcast. Uh, I know there's various ways that you could be listening to this right now or watching this right now. Uh, but I just want to say thank you so much. And uh, if you would, uh, wherever you're listening, if you're listening on YouTube, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, podcast, please you know, leave a five-star review and uh, write a little thing in there. If you're on Facebook, you know, leave a comment. Uh, let me know how this impacted you or uh, even any other questions or comments or concerns you may have. Um, and also, if you have an idea or you have something you'd really want to talk more uh, deeply about, you can always email me at gracebondministries at gmail.com. But thank you so much. Remember, for it is by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God. Thank you for listening to Grace Bond Ministries.